ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾಷಾವಹೈ ನಮಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ನಮಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಲಾಸಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ The discussion that is going on is about what is called Viparita Bhavana or the false knowledge. However, that false knowledge has been persistent for so long that it has as though become true knowledge. and what is true seems to be false meaning that i am the body this sense has been going on for so long and it is so deeply rooted that i think that that is real and that i am limitless as as though become unreal but as a result of teaching when this fact is seen then here the author recommends that one must gain a firmness in this vision and abidance in the vision that i am the limitless self because the habit of taking myself to be a limited being on account of identification with the body that habit is so deeply rooted that again and again it surfaces itself and in a moment takes hold of my mind and thus i find myself again under the spell of this dehata buddhi this sense that i am the body i am the limited self and so this is called ವಿಪರೀತ ಭಾವನ ಅತಸ್ಮಿನ್ ತದ್ಬುದ್ಧಿ ಅತಸ್ಮಿನ್ ತದ್ಬುದ್ಧಿ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ತದ್ಬುದ್ಧಿ ವಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ದ ಸ್ನೇಕ್ ವೆರ್ ಇನ್ ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟ್ ದರ್ ಇಸ್ ರೋಪ್ ಆರ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ದ ಸಿಲ್ವರ್ ವೆದರ್ ಇಸ್ ಇನ್ ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಅ ಶೆಲ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ಅ ಲಿಮಿಟೆಡ್ ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ ವೆರ್ ಇನ್ ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟ್ ದರ್ ಇಸ್ ಲಿಮಿಟ್ಲೆಸ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಆರ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ದ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ವೆರ್ ಇನ್ ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟ್ ದರ್ ಇಸ್ ನಾನ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ದಿಸ್ ಬಾಡಿ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಇಂಟಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ನಾನ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಲುಕಿಂಗ್ ಅಪಾನ್ ದೆಮ್ ಎ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಇಸ್ ವಿಪರೀತ ಭಾವನಾ and self that is limitless taking it to be limited also is vipareeta bhavana and one has to become free from this so two things are involved giving reality to the body and looking upon the self as a limited being two errors are being committed that why that is why it is said atmanah dehatiriktatam and jagatah mithyatvam that atma or the self is different from this deha body mind intellect and this jagat meaning the creation beginning from this body is unreal is not the self so this knowledge or this vision has to be again and again uh, brought into the mind until the mind gains an abidance in this vision <coughs> so it is kind of meditation but it is not meditation this nididhyasanam is not dhyanam or meditation and that kind of a distinction is sought to be made here now <coughs> that in meditation what we do is that the mind is focused or concentrated upon an object of meditation whatever that object of meditation is as we said it can be a form it can be a symbol it can be a sound 
it can be a, a feeling, it can be something. So where you, when you focus your mind or concentrate the mind for a period of time upon some object, that process is called meditation. Maintaining the same thought pattern or maintaining the same thought flow in the mind for a period of time is called meditation. However, this maintaining this vision, I am limitless, aham brahman, soham, that I am. So maintaining that vision is not really concentrating the mind, but it is seeing the fact. It is like this, that we have here a, a form which we call Dakshinamurti. Now looking upon this form as God is going to require a concentration of the mind and superimposing something which is not really there. But looking upon this as a stone doesn't require any meditation because it's a fact or it is something that is perceived. So perceiving of a fact doesn't require a kind of an effort that is required in concentrating the mind upon a given object. Thus we must learn, we must distinguish between what we call Nididhyasanam and Dhyanam. Nididhyasanam is overcoming the habitual error by again and again making the mind see the fact or the truth, while Dhyanam or meditation is making the mind focus or concentrate upon some particular object. Here there is not a focusing upon a particular object, here focusing the attention on the truth, on the vision, which is ever there. And dhyanam or meditation is focusing the mind upon a particular object. And generally these meditations are performed with the attitude of worship and it yields certain results because it is an action. It is an action at the level of mind and just as any action yields a result, so also the action called meditation or worship, mental worship also yields appropriate results. And therefore, usually there are certain rules in performing this meditation which is the nature of worship. Because we expect a certain result from that. Similarly, for example, doing this japa, any japa, repeating any mantra, there are also certain rules are there. That you must repeat mantra only in a certain way, at a certain place, at a certain time, etc. So, now follows a discussion which seeks to distinguish between what we call meditation, meaning concentrating the mind or focusing the mind upon a particular form or a mantra or a sound or and nididhyasanam which is seeing this truth or maintaining this vision in the mind. So a, a distinction is now sought to be made in the verses that follows and before this verse 113 the question is asked here tatra japadav iva nema apeksha astinavayati prachyati the question asked, is asked is Japado Iva just as in Japa or just as in repetition of a name or just as in meditation upon a particular form Niyama Apekshasti there are certain Niyama certain rules which are enjoined to be followed and what are those rules for example Prangukhatvam it is said that you must face either north or, or east while doing worship or while performing japa or face the Lord then you must be have taken a bath or a shower you must be putting on clean clothes and so cleanliness at the personal level 
at the same time cleanliness of the environment and uh, facing a certain direction and very often in performance of japa also certain other regulations are there that before performance of japa something else should be done and after performance of japa something else should be done so different rules are there and why are those rules there because by performance of this japa we seek to accomplish a certain result <coughs> like we are chanting this trembakam mantra and the intention is to request to pray to the lord that somebody may be freed from the suffering so it is a mantra which amongst other things can also be chanted as a prayer for freedom from suffering so we are seeking a particular result out of this chanting and whenever an action is performed with a desire to acquire as to a certain result then you must perform the action in a certain manner if you are chanting just simply as an offering to the lord then perhaps those rules are not necessary as the rules are necessary when you are performing that action with the achievement of a certain result <clears throat> so for performance of puja different rules are there it should be done only in a certain way in a certain order for every step there is a rule how it should be done and there is a training also given for that it is necessary that the puja must be performed in a certain way why should it be so because alertness is required care is required devotion is required otherwise if you are not alert or not careful and if you just do it any way you like that shows a lack of respect for the thing and so just in doing anything there is always a certain care involved as i said when you are cooking certain care is involved so that the food turns out to be of a particular type and when you are perhaps i mean serving upon serving someone or feeding someone then also a certain care is required that you serve in a certain manner and that shows our respect or our concern or the care for the person whom we are serving if there is not there then the action will be evident you know it will be evident from the action that the person doesn't care he just puts it here and then that you know in any way because there is no care involved there so performing an action systematically or methodically or with 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 uh, thoroughness uh, involves or calls for or reflects a certain care and concern on the part of the one who is performing action therefore all such actions as performing worship etc all of these uh, there are stipulations as to how to perform those actions in order that the one who performs action does maintain a certain attitude does maintain a certain concern and care and respect and reverence and therefore different niyama or different rules are there in performance of worship in in repeating in ch- in japa in meditation these rules are there question is are such rules there in case of nididhyasanam what is nididhyasanam the the attempt to eliminate this viparita bhavana or habitual error the question is asked there in the verse 13 113 kim mantra japavat murt kim mantra japavan murti kim mantra japavan murti dhyanavadvatmabhedadhi ध्यानवद्वात्मभेदधीः
किम मंत्र जपवत मूर्ति ध्यान वद्वा आत्म भेद जगन मिथ्यात्वधि जगत मिथ्यात्व अनुसंधान एंड ऑल्सो कॉन्स्टेंटली कॉन्स्टेंटली सींग दिस फैक्ट दैट जगत ऑफ द क्रिएशन इज मिथ्या इज एन रियल दैल्फ ऑफ द आत्मा इज सत्यम दैट इज इज डिफरेंट फ्रॉम दिस बॉडी माइंड इंटेलेक्ट एंड दिस क्रिएशन बिगिनिंग फ्रॉम द बॉडी एक्सेट्रा इज ऑल इज अन रियल कॉन्स्टेंटली मेंटेनिंग दिस विजन विच इज वॉट वी कॉल दिस ध्यासनम कि मंत्र जपवत देवता ध्यानादिवत किम नियमेन अनुष्ठातव्यम शुड दिस निधिध्यासनम आल्सो शुड आल्सो बी परफॉर्म विद अ सर्टेन आर देयर एनी रूल्स और रेगुलेशंस इन्वॉल्वड इन दिस निधिध्यासनम उत लौकिक व्यवहारवत नियमम अंतरेणापि कर्तुम शक्यते इति इट इज नॉट दैट एवरीथिंग इज डन अकॉर्डिंग टू सर्टेन रूल्स वेरी वेरी ऑफन थिंग्स आर मेनी थिंग्स आर डन विदाउट एनी पर्टिकुलर रूल्स Like eating, drinking, walking, talking, there are no stipulations as to how we should do that. Similarly, asking, are there any stipulations in performing this nididhyasanam? Just as there are stipulations in japa and mantra dhyan, mantra japa, mantra japa or dhyanam or meditation. Just as there are stipulations, are there any stipulations in this nididhyasanam? Or just as we do our ordinary acts, like walking, talking, eating, drinking. Without any particular stipulations involved in them, similarly also can we do this nididhyasanam without concern for any rules or stipulations? This is the question, and the question is answered in the verse hundred and fourteen. Dushta falakatvat na atraniyamha kasthidasti. The answer is no. There is no rule. So the question is, when I say in my mind soham, or when I retain this vision. Is there any rule? There is no rule involved. There is no rule or stipulation as to how you should do it or when you should do it. So, na kasthit asti niyamha. Why is it so? Drushta falatvad. There are two kinds of actions, or there are two kinds of results in an action. One is what we call drushta phala. Other is what we call adrushta phala. Drushta meaning that which is immediate, and adrushta is that which is not immediate. So certain actions like eating, when I am hungry, I eat food. Now that action of eating food immediately gives rise to the result in terms of appeasing the hunger. I am thirsty. I drink water. That action also gives rise to an immediate result in the form of quenching of the thirst. So these are the actions. These these are the actions which give rise to what we call drustafala or immediate result. Whereas there are other actions which give rise to adrustafala or the result in the future for example i perform some punya karma some like i perform a certain japa with an intent to achieve a certain result then that result comes in future at a different time and different place meaning i do not know the connection between performance of action and the result In some cases, I know the connection between the performance of action and result. 
such as eating food or drinking water. In many of the cases, I do not know the connection or the relation between performance of action and the result. For example, we are told that if you worship Lord Shiva, if you chant this mantra, if you do this, then you will earn punya or you will earn virtue. Now we do not know what is the connection between worship or prayers or chanting a certain mantra or certain meditation, what relation it has with what we call punya, we do not know. And therefore, that result is called adrushtafala. When that connection is not known, at the same time, the result comes at a future time and place. So these kind of results are called adrushtafala, or the results that are not seen, results that are come later. <coughs> Those actions which give rise to immediate results, for them there is no niyama, there is no rule. And those actions which give rise to results in future, there is generally a rule. And this enter drashtafalatvat. Since nididhyasaram is something that produces result immediately, therefore there is no stipulation, there is no rule there. <coughs> And that is what is said in the verse 114. Anyate <laughs> Anyatha iti vijanihi. He says, may you know that anyatha niyanam viniyam vina, that there is no rule or stipulation as regards nididhyasaram. You don't have to be concerned about the time and place and the manner and with this nididhyasaram or this constant deliberation or a constant remembrance of the self. There is no rule or stipulation in there. Tatra hetumaha. Why is it so? Drashtar sattvena. Because its result is immediate. Tatra dushtantamaha. How? Gives an illustration. Bhuktivat. Bhuktivat means like eating, like eating food. So just as in eating food there is no rule. When the purpose of the food, eating food is to appease the hunger, then there is no rule as to how you should eat food, or what food you should eat, or where you should eat. If the purpose is to appease the hunger, if that is only purpose of eating food, then there is no rule as such as to what you should eat, when you should eat, why you should eat. There is no stipulation. Drashtarthe vibhojane niyamaha shridismutyaho uplabhyandeti ashankyaha bhubhukshuhu japavad bhunte na kaschit niyatah kvachita kshud apananaya bhuktamichyan purusha japam kurvanaiva Na niyamena bhunte apidu yatha kshud bado pashantisyat tatha bhojanam karodityatha. The answer is that just as a person who is hungry, he eats food in such a manner that he just, his hunger is appeased. If the intention is to appease the hunger, then there is no rule about, no stipulation about eating food as to where you should eat, how you should eat, in what manner you should eat, and what you should eat. There is no stipulation at all. Eat whatever comes in your way or whatever you like to eat just because the purpose is to appease the hunger. 
But you must know that even in eating food, there are many stipulations in every culture. Every culture has its own stipulation. Here, for example, we have stipulation that before eating our food, we chant the 15th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. At the same time, before eating the food, we chant a prayer mantra. And then we start eating the food. Also, there are different rules. You should not eat certain kind of food. Bhagavad Gita talks about the kinds of food that one should avoid. Any food that creates, that disturbs the mind or distracts the mind. Anything that consumes, that affects our mind. Because food that is very hot, by hot I mean very spicy, very sour, very salty. All of these kind of foods have effect on the mind also. Not only on the body, but on the mind also. Food that stings, like fish, like onion, like garlic, all this stuff also have adverse effects on the mind. What to talk of meat, of course it has. And so, food can have a positive effect on the mind as well as adverse effect on the mind. And therefore, they recommend that you should avoid this kind of food and you should preferably eat certain this kind of food. <clears throat> they also tell you that you should eat in a certain manner. You should eat this first and this later on. And then, you'll be surprised how a lot of thought has been given to this food business in India. I mean, it happens to be illustration here. Not very relevant to what we are discussing, but just for your information. As far as food is concerned, the Indian teachers, Chandogya Upanishad says, Annamayam hi somya manaha. In the Upanishad it is said, that mind is annamayam. Mind is made up of food. Or mind is nourished by food. Our speech is nourished by what we call fire, meaning such oily food, oils, like the oil, clarified butter, etc. So they, uh, they nourish our speech. And water and such liquids nourish the vital energy. And the solid food nourishes the mind, so it is said. And that being the case, it is very necessary that only certain kind of food is eaten which will have a conducive effect upon the mind. And they talk of different defects associated with the food, or different faults. Jati dosha food by the very jati, by the very nature may have certain defects. As I said, like meat etc. or food which like fish, onions etc. which are stinking and spicy, hot etc. So these foods by themselves have an effect, which is adverse. Sometimes, samsarga dosha Where you cook the food, in what kind of vessels and utensils do you use, etc. That also is important. Who cooks food also is important. Whether person is clean, whether person is healthy, whether person cooks with a proper attitude, whether person cooks with certain love and concern and care, or whether person... So because the mood of that person also is going to be reflected in the food. And finally, what is the source of food? What kind of money are you actually, the food comes from, what kind of money? Is it honestly earned money? Or is it the money that is earned by cheating or whatever it is? So that also gets, that also has effect on the food. And therefore so many stipulations are given on what kind of food you should eat. When you should eat, how you should eat, you should eat with a prayerful mind. Not just eating for the sake of pleasure, but mainly eating as is also a form of prayer. 
That's the reason why we chant that mantra, Brahma Arpanam, Brahma Havehi. That the whole process of eating food also becomes like a yajna, like a sacrifice. So, so many stipulations are given. Why are they given? Those stipulations are given not for appeasing the hunger. Because appeasing the hunger, that thing can be accomplished by any food and in any manner you eat. But there, food has so many other effects. As I said, effect on our mind. And if you maintain a certain attitude while eating food, that also increase, that also has an effect on our mind. So when a person is looking upon this life as a spiritual pursuit, and therefore when a person has certain values, and person has value for also maintaining a certain frame of mind, then food becomes very important. If those concerns are not there, then what food it is, and where you eat, and how you eat, is of no concern. Thus, from the food also, if we expect adrushtafala, in terms of a certain uh, spiritual gain, or gain of a certain disposition of mind, that kind of adrushtafala, or a remote effect, or indirect effect, if you are expecting from food, then even in eating food also, there are stipulations. And therefore we find in scriptures, many stipulations on what kind of food should be eaten, and how it should be eaten. But those stipulations are not for appeasing hunger. Those stipulations are for the other benefits or other disadvantages that the food may bring about. And to avoid the disadvantages and to gain the benefits, those stipulations are made. <coughs> but Kshut Apanayanaya, for the person whose only intention is to appease hunger, Bhukta Mitchan Purushaya, Na Niyamena Bhukta, person is hungry, you find that he doesn't observe any rule at all. Japam kurvanaha. When you want to do japa, you sit down and do. And you face in a certain direction and do. Having taken bath, you do. Having clean clothes, etc., you do. With a certain attitude, you do. With certain devotion, you do. <coughs> no such requirement is there when the food is eaten merely for the purpose of appeasing hunger. Apidoyatha. Kshudbhada Upashanti Syad, the only intention he has is Kshudbhada Upashanti, suffering from hunger, he just wants a relief from that. Tatha Bhojanam Karati Ityasaham. Etadeva Prapanchati, that very idea is explained in the next mantra, how, verse 115 says, Asnati Vana Vashnati, Asnati Vana Vashnati, Bhungte Vasvechayanyatha, Bhunte vasvechayanyatha yena kena prakarena yena kena prakarena shudham apaninishade shudham apaninishade says ashnadi va nava ashnadi a person may eat the food unnecessary if the food is there the fellow may eat suppose you come home you are hungry you open the refrigerator, there is no food in there. Okay, you don't eat. And if the food is there, fine, you eat. So, annesati kadachit bhungte. He is hungry. If he finds the food is there, well, he eats. Nava ashnadi tasmin asati. If the food is not there, the fellow does not eat. Meaning there is no rule. Even when you are hungry, there is no rule that you have to eat the food. If the food is there, you eat. If the food is not there, you don't eat. And sometimes you are so hungry and there is no food. And then what do you do? Kshudabhadha vismaraka divutadi chestaya anasnan eva kalam nayati. Sometimes 
in order to forget that hunger or distract the mind from the pain of the hunger, you may play some, some you may watch television or you may read something or you may carry out an action. Here it is like playing cards, etc. Or, so you might perform this kind of actions also in order to forget the pain of the hunger if there is no food. Anyathava tishthan gachan shayanova svechya bhunte Or, you may eat as you please. He says, tishthan, sometimes fellow opens the refrigerator, pulls out a sandwich and eats right there standing, he's so hungry. Sometimes you may not have time even to stand. Gachan, he goes to a vending machine, pulls out a candy bar, starts, he's walking and he's eating. We see many people walking and eating, you know, eating their ice cream and candy bars and pizza pies and all kinds of things. Because the purpose is to appease hunger, no other purpose. So person may stand and eat, he may walk and eat, shayanova, so you lie down and eat also, you sit and eat. If the purpose is merely to appease the hunger, then there is no rule or stipulation at all. If the purpose is something else, you, you are going to a party, or there is a business dinner, etc., then you don't lie down and eat, then you sit in a particular manner. Because the purpose of eating is not merely appeasing the hunger, but the purpose of eating is public relations, maintaining a certain dignity, etc. So when those other purposes are involved, which is what we call adrushtafala, maintaining your dignity or creating a good impression. So all these are adrushtafala or unseen results. For those unseen results, stipulations are always there. You must dress in a particular way. You must eat in a particular sequence, in a particular manner. You can't eat your fi- with your fingers and stuff like that. You must eat with fork and knife. It's all right here. In the, the Gurukulam, there is no niyama at all. And so you eat with your fingers also. Sometimes it's a spoon, sometimes fork and knife. But suppose it is important that you are being evaluated based on how you conduct yourself, then you must conduct yourself in a proper manner. So where Adrishtafala is involved, when unseen results are involved, then always stipulations are called for. And when merely immediate result is involved, no stipulations are called for. Evam yena kena prakarana tatkalikim shudbadham apanetum ichchati when a person so you must understand the point that is being made here that when an action is performed merely for getting the immediate result it is our experience that we don't bother to assume any kind of rules or regulations or disciplines but when we want to accomplish something through that action over and above the immediate result then always rules or stipulations are called for Atrayam abhisandhihi guda abhipraya hai. The abhipraya or the hidden opinion is Kshutbadha nivrutta lakshana drashtafalaya bhojana mevakaryam niyamastu paraloka heta haiti. So, Kshutbadha nivrutta lakshana drashtafalaya. If the, the intention is merely to appease hunger, which is the immediate result, bhojana mevakaryam, then all that is called for is eating food. However you eat, whatever you eat, wherever you eat. Yes, again if eating food for health, then stipulations are there. Swami, don't eat cheese, don't eat sugar, don't take caffeine, all these stipulations are there. When? When there is a desire also of maybe eating food that is conducive to your health. That is called adrushtafala or unseen result. Then stipulations are there. 
Niyamastu Paraloka Hetavaha, wherever in stipulations are given, in case of, as I discussed, the stipulations that they give about food, what kind of food it is, who has prepared it, how it is prepared and so forth, all of this is for what we call punya, for creating a positive effect which will ultimately help you in a spiritual manner. When that intention is there, the stipulations are there. When those intentions are not there, there are no stipulations. <coughs> this is how we discuss the illustration of illustration, namely eating food. Japado bhojanad vailakshanim darshadi. However, performance of meditation or japa is not like this. And that is being shown in the verse 116. Niyamena japam kuriyad. Niyamena japam kuriyad. Akrutau pratyavayatah. Akrutau pratyavayatah. Anyatha karane narthah. Anyatha karane narthah. However, when it comes to japa, japa meaning repeating a certain mantra, niyamena kuriyad, it must be done according to stipulations. For examples in India, when the boys are given what they call yajnopavita, that sacred thread, then they are initiated into a certain karma or a ritual called Sandhyavandaram. And they do also as a part of it what they call japa or repetition of a mantra called Gayatri mantra. So Sandhyavandaram, repetition of Gayatri, all of this they are initiated into. And all of that must be done niyamena. It must be done as stipulated. That Sandhyavandaram should be done and Gayatri should be done before the sunrise. In the morning. And in the noon time. And again, in the evening time, before the sunset. So there is a time. And it should be done, so many number of mantras must be repeated. And then again, you are chanting Gayatri mantra in the morning, you must face sun, meaning the eastern direction. When you are chanting Gayatri mantra in the evening, you must face west, because that is the direction of the sun. So all these different stipulations are there. And if you don't follow the stipulations, Akrutau Pratyavayataha if you, if you don't do this or don't follow the stipulations, then you will actually invite what we call some negative effects. That's called pratyavaya. Pratyavaya means a negative effect or a sin. So, thus, thus in performance of japa, performance of repeating this mantra, you must follow the stipulations, otherwise it would only create what we call a negative result. <coughs> Bhautu evam akarane pratyavayascha. There is a famous statement called akarane pratyavayah. You have certain obligatory duties to be done every day. If you don't do that, pratyavayah, you create a negative effect, which is what they call sin. And that's the reason why there is a need to consistently do this according to the rule. Bhautu evam akarane pratyavayascha. Anyatha akarane tu sanasti. Somebody asked the question, Okay, what you should have been doing every day, suppose you don't do, then perhaps you can earn, you can, you create a sin. But suppose, what is to be done is done in a different way. Then does it mean anything? Then of course, there is no problem at all. Anyatha karane tu nasti. He says, Anyatha karane anarthaha svaravarana viparyayat. 
See, when you are repeating a mantra, like Vedic mantra, then not only there are stipulations of how it should be done, when it should be done, and in what manner it should be done, but then you must chant it with proper intonations also. And you must chant it also with clarity. There is a famous verse there in Panini Shiksha, Mantro Hinaha, Swarato Varnatova, Mithya Prayukto, Natamarthamaha. Also it is Sandhya Hino, Shuchir Nityam, Anarhaha, Sarva Karmasu, it is Pratav, Pratyavaya Vachanad. See, Akarane Pratyavaya. Sandhya Hinaha, Ashuchihi. A Brahmin who has been initiated with the sacred thread and who is initiated into the daily Sandhya Mandaram, if he does not perform his, that ritual in the morning, then Ashuchihi, he is considered to be impure. Anarhaha Sarva Karmasu and he is unfit for performing any other rituals on that day. So it is by, so therefore he is called Pratyavaya. Okay. Now suppose you are supposed to do a work action or ritual in a certain way. If you do it in a different way, what happens? Mantro Hinaha Svarato Varnatova Mithya Prayuktaha when you are chanting mantra, Svarataha Varnatova Hinaha, suppose you do not chant proper swaras, there are certain intonations called Udatta, Anudatta, Svarita, these are swaras. Or Varna, you must also chant every syllable in a proper manner. If you know, don't do that. Mithya Prayukto Natamarthamaha. And then that mantra does not create the effect that it is supposed to create. Not only it may not create the effect it is supposed to create, but it may create altogether a contrary effect. That very utterance of that Vedic mantra becomes Vag Vajraha. It becomes like a, a, a verbal missile, Yajmanam Hinasti, which destroys the very Yajmanam or the very person who is chanting it. Yathendra Shatruhu Swarato Paradhat. He has quoted a, 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 an interesting story which appears in Puranas. There is this devatas, the, the gods in the heavens, and the king is Indra. Indra is the king of the gods. And there is, there are these demons. And their king is, the, his name is Twasta, Twasta. So once upon a time, these asuras, or these demons, conquered these devatas in battle, and drove them away from the heavens. And now, this person, uh, this Indra, the king of the gods, he did not know what to do. Then what he did is, he appointed one priest. His name was Vishwarupaha. He was appointed as the priest of the devatas, and was asked to perform certain rituals, so that the devatas can get the strength and they can conquer the demons again. So this Vishwarupa had three heads, and he was actually a relate, relate, related to the demons. But still he became the priest of the devatas, the gods, and he performed the rituals by which the, the devatas gained the strength. But what this fellow was, he had three heads. With one head he would chant the mantras in favor of the devatas, with another head he would chant mantras in favor of the asuras, and give the ahutis, you know, in a, in a secret manner. And Indra came to know. And when he came to know, he cut off all the three heads of this Vishwarupa. And this is how he killed the demon. 
his father, Vishwarupa's father, the demon's father, whose name was Tvasta, he discovered that his son has been killed by Indra. And he became very angry. And therefore, he decided to perform a big ritual, fire ritual, Yaga, to in, so that he would get a son who would be strong enough to kill Indra. Thus, a big ritual is, is, is being performed. Indra Shatro Vivardhasva. What is being said is, Indra Shatro Vivardhasva. The fire is being told. Indra Shatro Vivardhasva. May you, may you grow into being an anim of Indra, a killer of Indra. Meaning, I want a son who will kill this Indra. Indra Shatru meaning the Shatru of Indra. I want a son who will be Shatru or an enemy or a killer of Indra. And this is the kind of mantra he was chanting. However, this, this compound Indra Shatru is made up of two words, Indra and Shatru. Shatru means an enemy. Now this compound can be understood in two ways. If it is Tatpurusha compound, Shashti Tatpurusha, Parusha then, Indrasya Shatruhu, Indra Shatruhu, the enemy of Indra. However, if it is Bahuvrihi compound, then Indraha Shatruhu Yasyasaha Indra Shatruhu. Now the rule is there, if this Indra Shatru word is chanted as a Tatpurusha compound, then the emphasis should be on Shatru. And if it is chanted as Bahuvrihi compound, emphasis is going to be on Indra also. And this Tvasta, while he was chanting this mantra, instead of chanting it correctly as a Tatpurusha compound, he chanted that Swara of Bahurihi compound. And therefore, the fellow who was produced was not the, was not able to, you know, he was not Indra Shatru, but Indra has Shatru Yastyasaha. Meaning, he did not turn out to be killer of Indra, but then he turned out to be one for whom Indra was a killer. And so, Instead of getting the positive result, he altogether got a negative result because there was a fault in utterance of the mantra. So when there is a fault in, in utterance, it can create a diff- the meaning changes. And very often the meaning is quite opposite of what you intend it to be. And thus there is a famous story here, Indra Shatru, that Tvasta performed this Yaga in order to get a son who will kill Indra. But since he did not chant it, utter the, he did not use the intonations correctly, he chanted it wrongly. And therefore, instead of producing a son who would kill Indra, it wound up producing a son who was killed by Indra, <coughs> Bhritarasura. And so it is said that when you are performing this japa, you must be very careful, particularly Vedic mantras, that we must be careful as to how they are chanted and what intonations are used. When we intend certain result, if you are chanting merely as prayer or just merely out of as for pleasing the Lord, then the stipulations are not so. But when you are chanting it with an intention of a particular result, then it is necessary that we follow the stipulation. This again an illustration. How in Japa, in Dhyana or meditation, the stipulations are there. <coughs> the point that is being made is in the Dhyasanam, no such stipulations are there. Now continuing the discussion says Nanuk Sudhayaha Drishtabada Hetutvat Tannivrutte Aniyamenapi Bhoktavameva. The question is okay that when a person is hungry, he eats food, eating the food appeases the hunger, and therefore we can understand that 
eating hair as an immediate result and therefore no stipulations are called for. Viparita bhavanayastu tasatva bhavat. However, when you are constantly repeating this thought, soham, 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 that I am, that I am, that I am, shivoham, shivoham, I am limitless, I am ananda. When this particular thought, which is called jnanavritti, is repeated in the mind, does it give rise to an immediate result or does it give rise to a result later on? So the Purva Pakshi, the opponent says here, the questioner, that as far as we can understand, this repetition, like Soham, it gives rise to a drishtafala, an unseen result and not an immediate result and therefore we think that there should be stipulations in the Dhyasanam also. Tan nivartakam dhyanam adrushtafalaya niyamena nushthemiti ashankyaha and therefore we think that this meditation in the sense that in the Dhyasana also should have various stipulations. And that question is asked there in the verse 117 an answer. No, the question is answered there in the verse 117. Kshudheva drushta badha krute Kshudheva drushta badha krute Viparita cha bhavana Viparita cha bhavana Jaya ke na pyupayena, jaya ke na pyupayena, nastyatra nushtite kramaha, nastyatra nushtite kramaha. Kshudha iva dushtabada krut viparitaja bhavana. The answer is just as eating food appeases hunger immediately also, immediately, similarly also, constantly focus. See, meditation is upon some object which is different from you. This Nididhyasana, however, is constantly seeing the fact that I am limitless. You see, what happens is like the moss on the surface of the water. Sometimes the water is covered by a thick moss. And you clear the moss to drink the water. As soon as your effort goes away, the moss again covers the surface. You remove it, again it covers the surface. And similarly also, this mass of habitual error of taking myself to the body is so thick that I, I remove it by this repetition in my mind of this Nididhyasanam Soham Soham. And the moment I give that effort, again that mass comes back. That's the reason why there is need for a constant effort to always keep the mind in focused on this vision. Soham Soham. I am limitless. I am different from the body. I am Shivaha constantly. And, and when you do that, the result is immediate. It's not that the result comes in future. As you do this Nididhyasanam, immediately bring out an elimination of Dehatu Buddhi. And therefore, like eating food which appeases hunger, this Nididhyasanam also immediately eliminates the Dehatu Buddhi or Viparita Bhavana. So, Kshudhaeva, just as Kshudha or the hunger, Drishtabhada Krit, Viparita Bhavana, Jayapi, just as hunger must be conquered by any means of eating food. Similarly also, this Viparita Bhavana, this habitual error of the taking the non-self with I, Kenapi Upajena Jaya, it must be conquered or it must be won over by any effort, by any means. Nasti Atra Anushtite Kramahan. Viparita Bhavanaya Tukhe Tutvasya Anubhusiddhatvat.
The thing is, whenever I take the body to be I, there is, there is pain, there is suffering. This we must know. That whenever there is aham buddhi or the notion of self in the body, at that moment I am going to feel immediately a mortal being. Whenever I take myself to the body, there is going to be a complex, there is to be a fear of death. Because with the body is always associated death. When I am identifying with my mind, I am going to feel a limited person because mind is limited. When I am identified with my intellect, at that moment I am going to feel the limitations of my knowledge. So, whenever at any moment I am identified with the body, mind and intellect, at that moment I am bound to feel my sense of limitation. Which sense of limitation pains me, which creates in me what we call a pain or sadness. In the moment I see this fact, I am not the body, I am limitless. At that moment, that pain or suffering immediately goes away. So the only sure method of becoming free from sadness, or from unhappiness, or from a sense of fear or suffering, is to see this fact as to who I am. Who is afraid? Who is limited? Who is ignorant? Who is mortal? Is I the mortal? It is body that is born and body that is subject to death. I am not the body. I am the witness of the body and therefore the birth and death are not for me. Moment you see this fact, immediately that fear that was created by the death etc. immediately that goes away if you see this fact. Moment I give that effort again it may come back and again and again I may have to see this. But the idea is, the moment I see the true nature of myself, all that pain or suffering or the sadness that took hold of me on account of identification with the non-self, that immediately goes away. Just as moment I eat the food, that pain of hunger immediately goes away. And so also, moment I see this fact of my true nature, then the pain that is generated by the identification of non-self immediately goes away and therefore there is what we call drushtafalam that is immediate result and therefore all that we have to do is by any means by any amount of effort and any kind of effort we just have to overcome this habitual error of taking the non-self to the self the habitual error of giving, giving reality to the world meaning giving reality to the problems because no problem belongs to the self all the problems belong to the non-self. And only when that non-self is taken to be I, then alone those problems become real. And so, this Nididhyasanam, or seeing the fact or the truth about myself, has an immediate result of releasing my mind from the problem. And therefore, that, that method, that upaya, or that means must be adopted by which I can anyhow win over or conquer this Vipreeta Bhavana. <coughs> Then you must show us what is the means of overcoming this Dehata Buddhi Viparita Bhavana. Itiashankya Purameva Pradashita Hityaha. When this doubt is raised, says, All right, what's the method? How can I overcome this Dehata Buddhi or the habitual error? The answer is, we already told you earlier. In the verse 106. And that's repeated here in the verse 118. Upaya Purameva Uptaha. Upaya Purvame Voktaha 
तच्चिंता कथनादिक है तच्चिंता कथनादिक है एतदेक परत्वे भी एतदेक परत्वे भी निर्बंधो ध्यान बन नहीं निर्बंधो ध्यान बन नहीं उपाय है पूर्व उक्त है आंसर इज वी ऑलरेडी अर्लियर ट्रोल यू द मेथड द मेथड और द मींस ऑफ ओवरकमिंग दिस हैबिचुअल एरर तो चिंता कथनादिक है इन द वर्स 100 व्हाट इज आई थिंक 106 इट वाज सेड यस तच्चिंतनम तत्कथनम अन्योन्यम तत्प्रबोधनम एतदेकपरत्वं च ब्रह्माभ्यासं विदुर्बुधा दिस मेथड वाज टोल्ड तच्चिंतनम ऑल द टाइम थिंकिंग ऑफ द सेल्फ तत्कथनम ऑल द टाइम टॉकिंग अबाउट द सेल्फ अन्योन्यम तत्प्रबोधनम ऑल द टाइम डिस्कसिंग अबाउट द सेल्फ एतदेकपरत्वं दिस टोटल डिवोशन और अ टोटल कमिटमेंट टू द नॉलेज ऑफ द सेल्फ फॉर अबाइडेंस इन दिस नॉलेज ब्रह्माभ्यासम विदुर्बुधा दिवाइस पीपल कॉल दैट ब्रह्माभ्यासम और मेडिटेशन अपॉन ब्रह्मन और ब्रह्म अभ्यास एंड सो दिस मेथड हैज ऑलरेडी बीन से एंड सो यू डू दिस डोंट वरी अबाउट द टाइम यू कैन डू इट एट एनी टाइम एट एनी प्लेस इन एनी मैनर दिस विजन ऑफ द सेल्फ यू कैन एंटर मेंटेड एट एनी टाइम वाइल यू वॉकिंग टॉकिंग ईटिंग ड्रिंकिंग डूइंग समथिंग नॉट डूइंग समथिंग सिटिंग लाइंग डाउन वॉट एवर यू आर डूइंग There is no stipulation as to when and how we should do it. There is no stipulation at all. So, hum, I am that. Seeing this nature of the self, you should do it all the time. At any time you can do. At any place you can do. You don't have to face east or west. You can face whichever way you like. There is no rule that you should only sit down. You can sit down, or you can walk and talk. I mean, you can walk, or you can stand and do it. Idea is retaining this vision in the mind. That's required. For conquering this vipayi bhavana of the heart muddhi, and however it suits you, to you it may suit doing this sitting fine. It may be suitable for you to sit on a chair and do it fine. However it suits you, suits you during the day, okay. Suits you during the night, okay. Suits you uh, in cold climate, fine. In warm climate, whatever it is, as I said, it says there is no stipulation at all. There is no rule or regulation. All that is called for is all the time being aware of the self. The self-awareness is only means for overcoming all the pain and suffering that arises on account of identification with the non-self. And therefore, that nididhyasana meaning self-awareness should be maintained. That's all that is required. If you think that you can maintain self-awareness while jogging, keep on jogging, but maintain self-awareness. If you think that I can maintain self-awareness better by sitting and closing my eyes, okay, do it that way. No, so many when I'm working something, at that time I can maintain my self-awareness. Do that. When I cook, I can do it better. Okay, do it that way. Do whatever you have to do, and however you have to do. All that is important is maintaining awareness of yourself. Which self? The self that is limitless. How can you do that? Having studied. Having listened to the scriptures, having deliberated upon or reflected upon what you listen, by the result of shravanam and mananam, having resolved all the doubts and all the vagueness, and having had that clarity of the knowledge, then what is to be done? What is to be done? Maintain that vision, because of the habitual error again and again, that vision is thwarted by taking this body to be I, and therefore 
all the time retain the self-awareness until it becomes spontaneous, until you don't have to make an effort to retain that awareness. Until then, retain that awareness, maintain it. However it suits you. So, it means different people may choose to do, meditate or do Nindhyasana in their own way. Okay, do that. But, Etadekaparatvebi nirbandho dhyanavannahi Just as in meditation, there is nirbandha or there is niyamana, restraining the mind. There is no restraining the mind also involved here. <coughs> and, uh, how it is, that we'll discuss tomorrow. But, meditation is a process that involves a lot of strain. Nididhyasanam is a process that does not involve any strain at all. Because here is being aware of something that you already know. When you have to be aware of something other than you, when you have to focus your attention on something that is different from you, then an effort is needed that you must only think of that and should not allow your mind to distract. But what effort is required in being aware of yourself? No effort is required. Nididhyasanam meaning being aware of myself. Aware of myself, being aware of myself doesn't require any effort. If that self is known, if that self is not known, then it's a different thing. But when the self is known, being aware of myself does not require any effort. <coughs> and that point now, that discussion we'll have tomorrow. But nirbandho dhyan, just as in meditation, there is a restraint of the mind involved, in this dhyasanam, no restraint of mind is involved there. <coughs> Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaye Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om